Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Jeff Blackman Street, and we are back at it again with another episode of the Zone Podcast. This is part two of the Arcane Review with Kofi Gatsu. How you doing today, sir? Doing pretty good. Still eating some leftover Thanksgiving food all the way till today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, for some reason, we cook so much Thanksgiving food, it's like, you really don't have to cook for like a week. Don't make uh, leftovers. <laughs> but yes. Much. Yes, let's go ahead and zone in on part Act 2 of Arcane. Now, Act 2 consists of episodes 4, 5, and 6. Let's go ahead and get started on episode 4. Uh, Happy Progress Day. This is the time skip after what happened between Silco, Vander, Vi, Jinx, and everybody. Uh, you know, Jace, he developed Hextech technology with Victor. Hiltover is prospering now, celebrating his 20th anniversary as a holiday called Progress Day. Uh, while he was hoping that he and Victor will uh, unveil their latest creation of Hextech gemstone technology, uh, Jace decides to put in a hold after he was warned by Heimerdinger that of the danger, because remember, Heimerdinger was on the fence about using magic. So, yeah. And elsewhere, Powder, who now goes by Jinx, uh, lives with Silco, and he, and she, excuse me, she helps him smuggle materials into Piltover, and most notably, Shimmer. So, when there's this smuggling going on and the firelight show up to try to bust up the um, shipment and Jinx tries to fight him off and she noticed that this one firelight looked like Vi and then she just started going haywire and just accidentally killed six enforcers uh, in the process while setting up several grenades and yeah, you know, shit went sideways. Uh, Savika was like, bruh, like, she is a liability, but, you know, Silker saw value in her. Like, you know, if you uh, properly guide her, then, you know, she'll be all right. You know, she's an asset if you give her a chance, but, you know, how it is. But, Kobe, I said, I'll turn it over to you. How do you feel about episode four? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, uh, can you? I'm just I'm just really thinking this this episode was kind of just interesting to me in itself. And the fact that my my apologies for that pause. It was just I was just really thinking because <laughs> like <laughs> oh no, this you already know I really love this show. So yeah. with this episode we have this time skip and what I like about this episode is that this to me was the first time that I finally recognized Victor based upon the weapons. You got this unveiling mm-hmm. for those little mining tools. You got this unveiling for um, the special like gauntlet and the little hand laser that was supposed to cut through. And immediately my face says, now yeah. I'm starting to put yeah. together buys little gauntlets 
And now I'm starting to put together Victor's little third arm laser. And I'm like, yes, yes, it's all starting to come together. <laughs> all the references. And remember when I told you about Jinx's uh, theme song going off while she was in her little quarter? Yeah. Uh, all yes. those little references from the game is now being leaked into the series. Yeah. So th- this is what I was waiting for. I was like, man, I'm like, I'm seeing the backstory. And I'm like, dang, no, it's getting real. You remember I told you I had to take a hiatus after episode three because like I had to take a call. <laughs> It hurt my, hurt nah, my heart. not me. I was like, <laughs> episode three is like, oh no, the little boys died. Uh, Vice slap powder, like she abandoned her, and well, she didn't want to abandon. Her. You know, she tried to go back, but you know, Marcus and then Silver took her in and all that shit. Like, oh, this is so emotional. I can't see what could got some understanding. Anyway, episode four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um. <laughs> As far as about the thing with Jinx and like this is the first like we, we're starting to see now actual Jinx come into play here. Now what I also like is that this wasn't just like a all of a sudden boom. We, this is the Jinx that we know. We still have some development to go here, and it's one of the things that I appreciate right. because this is Jinx without her special abilities. <laughs> this is Jinx that's just smart Jinx that's able to create little bombs. This is Jinx that's just really good with her reflexes and. Kid's really good shot with her gun. Because I'm going to be honest with you. As much as pause. everybody keeps trying to shoot at her. Oh, pause. They always Can miss. I just say that <laughs> Jinx, now that I think about it, Jinx gives me Harley Quinn vibes. Dude. Like, literally, and I, I, we're going to go into this. Because this is where we start to see a little bit more into this. This is something that I kind of was kind of cautious about with, um... And I know we had talked about it before how things may get how things was gonna get, but I, this is where we start seeing the Harley Quinn Joker vibes between Silco and um and Jinx. But man, does that get completely reversed later on? But this, but yeah. the way this kind of starts off, it starts off like okay, Harley Quinn Joker vibes. Like Silco, he's sitting here, he's trying to run his thing. Jinx is out just doing stuff. He's like, ugh. Won't you ever just listen, type of thing, <laughs> or you're doing a bit much. You gotta calm it down, type of thing. And I'm like, this is literally Joker out of the three. I'm gonna be very specific on this, since we now know there's three Jokers. That's a whole different story in itself. Um, this is specifically how Joker, the gangster, the actual mob boss, would actually react to Harley Quinn, as far as like you're doing too much, settle it down, chill the fuck out, type of thing. <laughs> It's like that one YouTube uh, video, video I saw where it's like, Daddy, chill. It's like, what the hell is even that? <laughs> that part. And so it's like, but understanding that, like, we, we had an opportunity of saying, okay, so we had a time skip and we wanted to see how, how is she doing? How, how is, how is Jinx holding up after the whole Vice situation? And we obviously come to understand she ain't doing well. She gets a small glimpse of a girl with pink hair. She automatically thinks that that is um that that's Vi, and she loses it. Like she legit loses it. She goes ballistic. She starts. She pulls out her Gatling gun. She starts firing on everybody, friend, foe. She didn't give a fuck who was getting hit. Like at this point, she's just mad. Yeah, and I'm just like, yo, she's getting mad. Like, okay, okay. Now we're starting to see she ain't holding up well at all. She she's not doing well. 
you know, she's trying to hold her composure, doing all her shit, but you know, this is still it's still badly affecting her even after all these years. Yeah, all those so, uh, memories leaking out. Like like I said, how the way they portray memories like that with the uh, graffiti scribbles and all that, ooh, very powerful way to do that. It's like I feel the emotional ebb and flow in her. Yes. So we're understanding, we're starting to grow that little more and more and more understanding of her, more understanding yeah. of what's really about to change. Because right now, this is still, in a sense, this is still Jinx that's still powder. She hasn't fully gotten rid of powder out of her mind yet. She still has that mindset in her that my sister, well, she thinks her sister's dead, but she still has that little glimmer of hope that maybe something could change. And you can tell that that's there. Right. But I see what you mean, the bar's about being mid. Speaking of that, one... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you were good. I was like, I see what you mean as far as about being kind of a mid. Like, it was still a good episode. It still kept you intrigued, but it wasn't like episode three ending that just like, oh my God, broke my heart. Am I ready to see what happens next? <laughs> right. But speaking of which, uh, there was something I forgot to mention how with Jay's given a seat on Piltover's ruling council now to protect their people from the stolen gemstone, and Caitlin, who was an experienced enforcer and Jay's childhood friend, she travels to Stillwater Prison to speak to one of Silco's goons in order to gather information about Jinx. But instead, she ends up finding Vi in prison, which leads to episode five. Everybody wants to be my enemy. Now, well, because of Vi. Hold on. One, one quick thing I do want to mention, just really quick before we go into episode five, just quick things that are very important to mention as far as Caitlin's development that right. I really like they included in here. Um, I like how they included with understanding her role into the military because it's understanding the fact that we haven't gotten to the flashback yet of understanding how good of a shot she really was, but we're starting to understand that she's really good following military tactics, considering the fact of her role as an officer. And it's also duly noted of the fact that literally Marcus kept complaining that she keeps poking her nose into stuff all the time. But for her, it's why not get to the bottom of it? She knew there was something hidden. She knew there was something that was being hidden from her. And she's like, there's obviously something here. But for some bizarre reason, no one's digging further into it like they need to. There's obviously a problem, but you guys are just letting it sit there. So she digs in further and it backlashes on her to the point that she gets dismissed from the force because of this big because of Jinx's explosion that she did. Which definitely which leads um definitely start leading into episode five because now that she's been discharged from the force, she technically had no authority to go to the prison and interrogate because she had been discharged due to her parents. However, she still took it upon herself to don the outfit. She knew information hasn't really traveled around yet, so she took advantage of going into that prison to go ahead and try to see if she could do that interrogation when really she had no ability to. it's like basically if she wasn't Caitlyn she wouldn't have gotten away with it 
pretty much. Anybody else definitely would not have gotten away with it, but Caitlin, Caitlin, get away with it. <laughs> Damn it. All that privilege. <laughs> I but mean, anyway. But hey, no, well, I'll put it this way. She she used privilege in a good way. She's not like, oh, I'm privileged and I'm just going to do what I want. Oh, who cares type of thing. She's privileged in the fact that she actually wants to try to make a difference and wants to help and actually does something, which is more than most people tend to do anyway. I mean, I never said like, uh, oh, she used her privilege for evil or anything, but it's more like just real funny how like, if, like I said, if she wasn't Caitlyn, she probably wouldn't have got away with it because of, you know, like being the daughter of, you know, head of security and all that stuff. So, Pretty much. Yeah. It's kind of like um saying how I felt about Hawkeye when I watched that show and how Kate Bishop, if she wasn't who she was at um daughter of Bishop Security, then she probably would have gotten away yeah. with some of the shit she got. <laughs> you already know. Pretty but, much. Pretty much. But go ahead. But yeah, so leading into episode five. Yes, uh, everybody wants to be my enemy. Now, because Vi had knowledge on Zon and her knowing about the symbols leap that, that Jinx leaped behind, Caitlin decides mm-hmm. to release Vi from prison and have her work together to find Silco and in return find uh, Jinx. Now, they go to this underground brothel. Jinx encounters an old colleague and learn about her sister's relationship with Silco. Meanwhile, Marcus, who is now the sheriff of the Enforcers, is coerced by Silco to allow Shimmer to be smuggled in in return for his rise up to the ranks of Piltover's military. Now, he is forced to put the blame on other project rate bombing and the Hextech robbery on the firelights, but you know how it really happens. <laughs> Now, mm-hmm. when Jinx refused to work on the new Hextech gemstones out of fear of uh, seeing the flashbacks of Vi and Vander, uh, Clagger, Milo, uh, all that that happened in episode three, then Silco takes her to be reborn in a way in the Lakes of Zon, kind of getting uh, Raja Ghoul, you know, uh, Lazarus Pit vibes going on. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> fucking Holy Quint. Literally, the man. Anyways, Silco takes her to be reborn in the Lakes of Zon, allowing Powder to accept her identity as Jinx once and for all. And back in Piltover, Jace decides to partner with other counselors, uh, realizing that he risked becoming a target for corruption and starts a romantic relationship with Medarda. All while Victor grows drastically ill as he attempts to learn more about the potential of Hextech technology. So, Cookie Guys, we'll turn it over to you. How are you feeling about episode five? Episode five was interesting and probably one of, like a really good middle for the show. Um, I like, yes, like you said, that whole Joe Harley Quinn vibes. You've got to let go of powder, you've got to move past it and stuff. Um, He's trying to get her to like, yeah, you know, do that whole bathe in the in the pool stuff and try to get be good and things like that. And honestly, I don't know. This might be me reading into it a little bit further. Considering the fact of how everyone takes shimmer and how badly it affects them, and 
later on, I mean, I know we haven't gotten to that point yet, but just as a mention, but like later on when Jinx finally gets some shimmer into her, it doesn't like completely change her body the way that it's done to so many other people. It's like very similar to me as far as how it worked out for um, for Silco, where for him, the obviously you could tell the shimmer is affected is on um, how it affects his body, but it affects mostly towards his eye, where his eye literally he just talked about the fact of the murky water that's been completely tainted with all types of chemicals and stuff like that that he was in that was mixing in with his blood and stuff that caused him to look the way he looks. And it makes me wonder, does the fact that he had Jinx dip inside of this, does that also affect her too? Like, did that completely change up how that worked for, you know, for her as well? And I'm not sure. It's just something I was wondering, like, was that like a little bit into it? But I don't think they really put that much more into the story than that. I was just kind of wondering about it. Um, As far as into this one, I know... They had mention of the nation of Zwan, of Jean, in episode four in the previous episode, but it's mostly highlighted in this episode. This is where we finally get into the origins of this nation, of it trying to understand that it actually wants to be independent from Piltover. It no longer wants to be the the lower city, the bottom city, the undercity. It no longer wants to be called any of that. It no longer wants to be looked down upon. Because it's not being governed by the council. The council is doing everything they can to the upper city. And literally the lower city, the undercity, they don't care. It's just like, oh, whatever happens, happens. The undercity has its own council. The undercity has its own understanding of different things. And this is more so where we're getting that opportunity of really seeing, you know, how this has happened. And seeing what's really going on. So... You know, that's what I really like about how we got more of a political understanding into it without being like overbearing politics. It was just really good talks. Like we had a really good conversation. We had a really good understanding of, you know, what was actually going on in the undercity here. And this was also Caitlin's development of understanding what's really going on, too, because Caitlin being Caitlin, she's been sheltered. You know, she managed to get the job she wanted, but she's the daughter of a counselor. She's never been she's never had to need for anything. You know, she's never had to really want for anything except for just her own understanding of stuff because she knows that she's been sheltered. So she gets to the Undercity and it's nowhere what she expects it to be. Everything is completely different than what she expected, which you could easily tell she's been, you know, melded to think that society works in a very specific way. And the Undercity is pretty much just dogs and stuff like that. But now she had a chance to see it firsthand. And that makes a big difference to her. She understands that, oh, my God, this is very different, you know. Um, One of the things I also want to point out for this episode is this is also I think this is kind of like the final little yeah, this was this is the last little reveals that they've done of like at least so far for League of Legend Heroes. Um one of the ones that's not it's kind of unsure of how this is going, but we're not quite sure like a lot of people are still not quite sure about. In this exact same episode, when Vi and Caitlin go to that brothel, in one room that they look over, it looks over and you wind up seeing these two characters with these two different masks on 
And one is like the mask of the lamb and the mask of the wolf. And it's like a, a male and a female. The female is like laying on this guy's lap and she's like smoking a pipe. She has the, the mask of the wolf and the guy has the mask of the lamb. And a lot of people think that this is going to be kindred, which, you know, based upon the lore of kindred, kindred is supposed to be a pair that was melded together into like an eternal hunter. <clears throat> So it was actually supposed to be like two people whose whose bodies and spirits were kind of like melded together to form this creature. And that's who Kindred's supposed to be. So we're starting to so based on how it looks, a lot of people think that this is Kindred before Kindred came to be. Like just actual two people who were just kind of hanging out and lounging around in the undercity before, you know, stuff happens to them and stuff. But we're not quite sure, but it was a pretty nice little mention into it <clears throat> that was into that. So it it was a pretty cool, it was something that was interesting to look into. You know, I, Kindred has actually was pretty fun to play with. I love Kindred's abilities, um, but I've never really understood the lore that much. So I guess this is kind of a sea of, you know, are we going to get more looks into it in, the, in season two? Like, are we actually going to get a chance to see Kindred? you know, come to be, or is there something that's going to happen? Or is this really just kind of a knockoff show? Like, is this just something just to show to get fans hyped up? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking up Kindred now, and based on the description, yeah, like, it kind of matches up. So, if anything, that might be a little <clears throat> foreshadowing of Kindred's origin story and Arcane. Because even though we only have, like, what, nine episodes in arcane and there's already a season two coming i imagine that they're trying to like get plenty of time to develop new episodes and since there's a lot of champions and league of legends there's a lot of story elements that they have to incorporate a lot of world building that they have to work on and it's kind of understandable why they need to take a whole year from now to have production ready because yeah, if you're going to introduce the lore to a lot of these characters, then it's kind of understandable to like, at least have some of them kind of like foreshadowing a little teaser going on. And it's like hard, um, hardcore League of Legends fan will probably point those out just like you did and be like, mm-hmm. oh, man, that, that must be Kindred right there. So, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we're focusing on by Jinx, Caitlyn, Jace, all them, right for now. But of course, we have to introduce more characters like Heimerdinger, Victor, Kindred, like you said, and plenty of others that was probably in there. So, yeah, so I'm like, uh, do that, give it that world building a little bit. <laughs> There's a lot of exactly. characters, so we have to like pepper them in somehow. Exactly. Like Singe, like how you didn't notice that it was Singe at first, and I was like, yeah, that's Singe right there. Mm hmm. You're right. You're right. I didn't. Definitely. It's kind of one of those things you kind of know. It felt like an Easter egg <laughs> type of thing. Um, you know, you see Easter eggs in video games so much, but, you know, especially since this is a reference to video games, why not, you know, have some Easter eggs in there? Um, and I can't remember. Was episode five the one my favorite, the one that had my favorite scene? Fantasia in it? 3000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Look, first thing I want to mention about Jace is that my boy right here is making big, was making big power political moves, okay? This guy right here 
literally put a target on his back and said, I don't give a fuck what you guys think of me. I'm trying to protect the city. You know, Mel had to right. tell him, look, you only just became a counselor. So you're going to have to chill it out. <laughs> like, you've only been a counselor for a little bit. Like, you, you got to calm down. You can't do like, oh, I got power. I'm going to just use all of it all at once type of things. Like, it's, it's not how that works. <laughs> got to hold on a moment. You know, you just got elected and you're already making people hate you. So he went back, you know, made promises. It's like, hey, we'll make you partners of the Hextech Corporation and stuff like that. We'll make you partners and shit like that. So, but man, that 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 scene between Mel and Jace, the only thing that made it even weird, it made it kind of awkward, the fact that, you know, we got Victor out here dying during the whole thing. Victor's out here dying and Jace up here getting him some, some mail everywhere. Like, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, it was like all magical and shit where you see the stars and the oh the DNA and it was like that. Look, this is the thing that got me, and I gotta say, bro, he fucked the braids up out her hair. Mel had her hair done up. She had the clamps, she had the braids, she got everything. After Jace was done, they didn't do one round, they did two. Cause you understand, remember that that moment. You see Jace is like laid up on one side of bed and then she turns around, she hugs him close and then back to magic music again. I'm like, yeah, he hitting them round after round, bro. And then you just see her laid up in the bed. Jace is gone like, dang, so he just hit it and left. And then her hair is like... like, Because the whole thing with Victor and he was doing the whole experimentation and I believe it's the same episode where Sky became power. <laughs> nah, no, it, it wasn't this episode. It, he hasn't, um, because this one, Victor only his blood just went into the arcane crystal. Oh, he, was right, calling right. Up. he hasn't gotten to that point yet. That's later on. Um, but no, man, like I'm just sitting here, like she, her hair is just laid out on the pillow. I'm sitting here, like, bro, she had braids, twist, all of that, man. Her hair was done. Her hair was like on point and stuff. Every, he, he not he left not one single braid in her hair. I was like, what the hell? I can just imagine imagine if this was like modern society to where they had TikTok and all that. And I just imagine Mel going on TikTok or uh, Instagram or something like that. It's like, this man nutted in me and then left to see his friend. Look, if Mel became pregnant from that, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, that could be some origin story. Uh, I mean, after all, it is a retelling of the lore of League of Legends. So if they just so happen got pregnant and then the kid ended Jace up being a champion. They <laughs> might say, does Jace have a kid in League of Legends? I don't remember that. So look, I know Vi is a pretty new character in League of Legends. Like, I know she was a pretty new character before Arcane came out. So that's why it was pretty interesting to have a story that started off mainly involving her and her influence on everything. So it's like she's been there, but then she went away for a little bit and then came back, I guess. I don't know. But I don't know about no Jace. Had, like, Jace had a kid. <laughs> and, no, I'm just and that kid you, became though, a champion. Imagine. It's like, what if, though? <laughs> And whew, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's feel like a dead, seven deadly sins type of thing. 
Like, is there going to be a whole new thing with that? Because, you know, Seven Deadly Sins got this whole new show that's coming out soon with the kids. So, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> yes. I mean, is it going to do well like Yashihime, or am I going to kind of dread it like Boruto? Who knows? Mm, that part. Mm, mm, and uh, while, while we're talking about that, definitely uh, rest in peace to the man that was the director and illustrator of Naruto who passed away recently. So. Definitely just a quick mention on that right there. Prayers mm-hmm. definitely to his family <clears throat> and loved ones and friends. But yeah, man, like, I don't know. This episode was just weird. It wasn't weird. It was good, but it was weird. But that part right there, that, that scene threw me. You saw I had to message everybody at that moment. I'm like, he fucked all the braids out her hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Scott Pilgrim moment. It's like, you fucked the braids out of her hair. You fucked <laughs> yeah, the is- braids out of her hair. Yeah, the exact. Me and my wife made that joke literally an entire day, like the entire day. When I texted her and let her know, she was like, she did that all day, and I was like, bro, just what the hell? But anyway, let's not hang up too much on this episode. As good as it was and crazy as it was, no, I don't want to hang up entirely too much on this episode though. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no pun intended, but episode six, when these walls come tumbling down, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just imagine Jay singing that? It's like when these walls come tumbling down. I can't. I can't. Oh my god! All right, come on. This episode was dark and ended. So, like, let's let's get into it. <laughs> uh, after Victor. Collapsed in the lab after the illness and whatnot. He and Jace began to study the secrets of new hex tech, and they were working on it with the hex tech room, dubbing it the hex core. They discovered that it reacts to organic matter and it can potentially heal him from his illness. However, Heimerdinger being Heimerdinger, attempt to have the hex core destroyed due to the potential devastation it could bring prompting Jace to betray Heimerdinger and convince all the other counselors to be like, hey, man, we need to vote this guy out. He's being problematic ever since Hex Tech. He's been against um, progress from the very beginning. All the saying like, oh, Maggie's dangerous. I was like, bro, like, get him out of here. He is old news. Get him out of here. And then, unfortunately, all the other counselors were like, hmm. So, uh, unfortunately, Heimerdinger lost his seat on the council. And at the same time, Victor approached Singe, who he, uh, he once worked for as a child. Funny coincidence how, you know, small world and all that shit. And he approached Singe to help perfect the hex core. Now, also, Marcus being blackmailed by Silco into eliminating both Caitlyn and Vi on the possible threat that his daughter would be harmed if he doesn't. So, yeah, uh, if you don't kill those two girls, I will kill your little girl. <laughs> I was like, father of the year, buddy. Father of the year. <laughs> now, he takes charge, and knowing this conflict will lead to a battle with Dawn, uh, he prepares uh, Piltover's defenses. 
and underground, Bai and Caitlyn find a safe house so Bai can recover the, from the injuries she got from Savika, uh, you know, that one henchman of Silco from the brothel. And Silco himself finds them uh, after bribing the locals with Shimmer. And that's kind of sad, too. It's like, wow. It's like, tell me where the... Um, he a snitch for drugs. Like, very I mean, excellent. <laughs> Shimmer's the next level crack, bro. That's just what it is. No, it's like, you got any more of that shimmer? Mm, Anyways, the pair. (laughs) Anyways, uh, the pair escaped by destroying the safe house, but after which Dwight suddenly spots Jean using a flare that she gave as kids. So it's like, oh shit, that flare, um, that's only one person. So having recently learned about Vi's return after interrogating Savika, Jinx uh, decided to go use the flare in order to find her. The two sisters reunite, although it was short-lived due to the appearance of the Firelight, who steal the gemstone and cap- kidnapped Caitlyn and Vi. Now, Kogatsu, I turn it over to you. Okay, this episode, I really like... I, forget, I, I feel bad because I wound up being so hooked up on this doggone Jason male sex scene. I forgot about the fight scene. That, and that's not a forgettable fight scene. Like, the fight scene between um between Vi and Silk and, um, what's her name? Zabika? <laughs> so yes. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought she was badass, but I never knew, I never paid attention to figuring out her name. She just seemed kind of yeah. like whatever. To, she was just kind of there. That was probably one of the only things I didn't like as far as in her writing is the fact she did. She just felt there. Like, you know, okay, like you supposed to you Silco's right hand man, right hand girl, but um are you it's though? Like, I, it's like <laughs> I know you're supposed to be important, but um I don't see any obvious evidence of that right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. but it's just like you just feel like, eh. As soon as the next scene shows up, we just instantly forgot about you. That's how I mean, bad it is. I mean, let's be honest here. She's been getting on since episode three. <laughs> like on some real shit. <laughs> episode three, the little arcane crystal then shocked off her arm. And so she had to get a robotic arm. Vi shows up and promptly whoops her ass. Literally the only reason that Vi didn't literally the only reason that Vi didn't actually like finish her off and was she even like she got the upper hand to stab Vi in the, in her stomach was just because she told her that her sister was alive and her sister's with Silco. And you know, like he actually adopted her and treats her like a daughter and stuff. Now this is that change that is like, okay, this may not be Joker Harley Quinn vibes. This might be something a little different. <clears throat> so this is this is where that that relationship started coming to a change. Well, at least in, as far as in, us as a watchers and readers, we understanding now. But mm-hmm. um, having that moment of like that like that shocker moment was the only reason she managed to get the other hand. And then even then, Caitlin came up, just literally shot her away to the point she ran away and shit. But other than that, she got she got her ass whooped. Like we're gonna be realistic here. Vi whooped her ass <laughs> straight up. <laughs> It was not a question about it. And I hate to say it, but honestly, for the rest of the series, she's just been getting, she's been handed L's left and right. Like, literally, she's just been handed L's left and right. So I felt bad, but I didn't remember her name because I'm like, bitch, everybody beat your ass. Like, what's the point is even trying to remember your name at this point? Right. 
I felt bad, but I'm like, let's just be realistic here. Like, unless you can step up and actually do some shit other than get your ass whooped, I don't know what else to do right now. Um, <laughs> it's now, this kind of moment, funny because I'm thinking about Invincible, how if he wasn't the main <laughs> character, I would he would just be like the same thing Savika is like, it's kind of hard to care about a character that's always getting his ass whooped. Look, it's kind of hard to care about Yamcha. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man, yeah. Like here's here's the um funny part. Krillin, Tien, even Chaosu has proven to be more effective than fucking Yamcha at this Yamcha. point. Right? And and he used to be like, like he used to be so useful in Dragon Ball, but by Dragon Ball Z. Yamcha was a badass in Dragon Ball. I want you to understand that he was a badass in Dragon Ball. And in one arc, well, even arc even finished, but half like halfway through through the first fucking arc of Dragon Ball Z, he was forever marked as a useless ass motherfucker. Nah, see what what started it all? Like his downfall, like what started it all? The moment mm. Tien crushed his uh his fucking leg in Dragon Ball, like in the tournament. Mm, that's true. Yeah. I was like, yeah, buddy. At this point, you're just going to be taking L's. It was fucking horrible. But anyway, but yeah, that's why I don't remember this lady's names, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. She's been hitting L's literally from this point on. Like, <laughs> once Vi whooped her ass the first time, she's been handed L's. No one should understand. She's had three fights. She's had another fight after that, too, and still got handed L's. That's just how it works, man. I'm just like, I'm sorry. But... Coming in after that fight, so which I will say that that fight was beautifully choreographed. I love the music, of course. I keep mentioning the music; it's just amazing to me. Um, I love the music into it, and then we move into this, and now we're talking about how Vi is now trying everything she can in order to find Jinx. She's she's trying to find her sister in her mind. I know everyone calls her Jinx, but she's Powder. She is my sister, Powder. That's who she is. That's who I'm going to treat her as and stuff. What I appreciate about Silco, though, this episode to me proved to me that Silco was that badass motherfucker. Oh, yeah, the meeting. <laughs> not even the meeting yet, but yes, the meeting. But not even the meeting just yet. No, I'm talking about, like you said, Marcus comes ha- comes home and he sees, like, wait, something seems a little off. He goes and checks on his daughter, opens the door, see her playing. He opens it wide, opens up wider. Silco's there. He opens up all the way. Silco done brought some goons with him too. Like, come on, nigga, try me. <laughs> try me. <laughs> try me. And so literally, dude sitting here is like, man, you know, hey, can't you see me and her are playing right? He said, you need to leave. Can't you see that me and her are playing right now? It's gonna be rude of me to just leave like that. What is wrong with you? And then proceeds to go and continue to play cards with this little girl who's unsuspecting of the fact, not, probably not even unsuspecting, I'm pretty sure she understands that literally this man with this crazy looking eye and these two dude, these two other really strong men just marched their way into my room. I'm pretty sure something's up with that. But she's keeping it cordial. I have to applaud this little girl. She kept it cordial. She didn't do nothing crazy. She just stayed there and she just played. And that's all she did. <laughs> she understood. Dad's going to come home. Dad's going to handle this. I hope. Because, like, uh-uh, I'm not going to lose it. And I'm sitting here like, so, th- th- that's when you notice you're just bad. 
you walk through the he walked through the upper city. Because obviously the chief is, doesn't just live any old where. I'm pretty sure the chief doesn't live near the undercity. I'm pretty sure he lives near the council. I'm pretty sure his home is near the council. He's obviously higher up. It's obvious that the higher that the more money you have, the higher in the upper city that you live. That's pretty obvious. Silco and his men, who are obviously residents of Zwan, walk their behinds through the upper city into this dude's house and proceeds to sit there and play with his daughter until he gets there. That right there is some gangster mob shit. Anybody ever do that? I don't care how much money you want. I'll pay you whatever the fuck you want to get to get away from my kids. Like, just know. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> and then after that, the fucking meeting. The meeting that he didn't even call. The meeting that literally fucking Tiger Jaw, that's what I'm going to call him. I don't, I don't care what his name yeah, is. Yeah, he's <laughs> such a nothing burger of a character. It's like, yeah. I don't even remember his name. <laughs> fucking Tiger Jaw here. With the little metal jaw clamp shit trying to beat sent trying no, to No 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 you know what fucking he he reminds me of fucking crypto from Apex that's how bad it is. Oh shit he does he looks actually yeah. similar holy shit you're right <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay look at that anyway huh but yeah so this nigga just tries to call a meeting he's like man Silco don't know what the hell he's doing he's old he's trying he's literally trying to pull a Jace right here and this is the craziest shit I like this comparison because Jace stood up from the whole council, successfully voted Heimerdinger out. Heimerdinger is the start of the council. He's been there the longest. He's o- he's over 400 years fucking old. He knows no, no, everybody. No, no, hold on, back up, back up, back up. It was like <laughs> 307, I think. Last time I checked, well, like 307 see, plus a few years. Yeah, Piltover is like 260-something years old, I think, here. So, yeah, yeah, probably. But he's about, a four, about 400 fucking years old. This yeah. dude has known every fucking council there since they were babies, or the robot nigga before he was even made. (laughs) He's He's known all of them since before they were fucking born or created. And this nigga, that's how how much influence Heimerdinger has there. And Jace, the youngest and newest council member, successfully convinces everyone to vote him out. Okay. So that right there... Now, I just want to point out one thing real quick. How Heimerdinger's <laughs> attitude towards progress, in a way, how he made it sound like, oh, well, give it a few years, a few decades, like, we'll figure it out. But he's being very insensitive to the uh, lifespan of humans versus your old time span to where, yeah, he can afford to live hundreds of years. Humanity can't. So how can you make those estimates <clears throat> of how soon we should make this progress when... The humans that are alive, they're not going to be alive to see that even happen. So that's the kind of exactly. thing that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, that's and that's how Jace convinced it. That's how Jace was able to make that valid argument to convince them to vote Heimerdinger out. Because Heimerdinger even yeah. specifically said to Victor and Jace, he literally told them, he said, like, you know, give it about 10 more years. And they're like, 10 I'm years? Like, what the fuck? He's like, and he's like, oh, it's going to fly by before you know it. Probably yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, that that sounded very insane. Like, hold the fuck up. Ten years sounds like long as fuck for me. Like mm-hmm. that's like, oh, give it ten years to do step one and then give it a little fifteen years for step two. And I was like, hold the hell up. I'm not gonna even be 
a lot before I see the end result. Like, if we can speed <laughs> yeah. things up, then why not? That part. Like, to me, too. That was the whole argument. Yeah, my, old, my oldest daughter is 11 years old. She's in fucking middle school right now. 10 years, she'll be 21. She'll be fucking out the house, out, out either in college or graduated from, or probably like finished first couple of years of college by now. <clears throat> he tell me, oh, then is when I'm going to have the progress to be able to give her the funds that she needs to do. She's already in college. I'm trying to make the college money right now, nigga. What the fuck you talking about? <laughs> right. Like, what you talking about? 10 years? I need this money within two, three Last year, that's what I need this money. I need this money last year, bro. What the fuck you talking about? <laughs> I got it right now. But so it made sense. Versus Silco's ass. Silco's ass walked in and he said, I'm not with the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he walked in and said, I'm not with the bullshit. My nigga walks in, an old girl and has already has a mask on her face. Nobody even noticed this, this shit. She walks in, puts a mask on her face, she closes, she locks the door. She's got a canister of gas. She's already released the fucking gas into the room. Silco walks in with his bad ass. I didn't answer this meeting, so I don't know what the fuck y'all think y'all doing here. He's got this big ass box in his arm. He puts the box down. Everyone's looking at the box like, oh, you brought something to intimidate us. No, nigga. My nigga walked in with intimidation. When he stepped through the door, you was already under his intimidation and influence. And you didn't even know it until you started choking up like, <clears throat> I can't breathe. <clears throat> What's going on? He said, y'all must have forgot where y'all came from. Y'all forgot where y'all came from. <laughs> you forgot that that toxic air right here, this is what we used to breathe. Now it smells like bitch in here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at that Silco. point, Silco became the blackest character on that show. Look, I was like, damn. I need, I'm going to make this fucking me, bro, because it's the realest shit right there. And Silco walked in with all that gas shit. He walked in like, smells like bitch in here. <laughs> Everybody's sitting here choking and coughing. He said, y'all forget. Y'all forgot where y'all came from, but let me remind you. Let me remind you what I'm fucking about. <laughs> Let me remind you what I'm what we here to fucking do. Try this shit with me. Y'all done had fresh air too long. Y'all need to be reminded of what that murky good <laughs> non-bitch smell smells like. <laughs> 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 Bro, it was, See, it was just straight up gangster. <laughs> Okay, kid. You need to this is that moment. I was like, so close. No, no, see, okay, pretty, pretty <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, pretty much, he stepped in that scene. Like, look here. Like you said, they forgot where they came from. See, y'all let this fresh air spoil you. Y'all let y'all status spoil you. Y'all think y'all safe just because. I'm getting old. Oh, you think I'm getting old? Like, let me tell you, motherfucker. You can go to any hood. But, you know I mean? <laughs> no, but no, seriously, like, Silco, like, he's been around long enough to know how things were. Like, he's been around, like, ever since the whole fight went out with Caitlyn. I mean, not Caitlyn, all. Vi and Powder, they were orphaned. He, like, he was there for that shit. So it was like, 
he was around when shit was really bad. And then he, with his hands, like he kind of helped build up where Zon was today. And exactly. as long as he's still living and breathing, there's still a hierarchy. There's a pecking order to this shit. And you're going to come after, like, see, it's that, uh, come it's that top, same though. analogy. No, no, see, it's that analogy. Don't tell, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, um, excuse me, I, I need to collect my thoughts. <laughs> good, good. It's like, the sparrow can't tell the eagle how to soar in this one. Mm-mm. Because I crawled so that you can fly. Exactly. So you think that just because you got easy now mean that, oh, you just take the throne away from me? You think you snatched this crown from me? Well, check this out. I'm going <laughs> to prove to you that I'm still more in power than ever before. Because now that we got Shimmer up and running, bruh, <laughs> you can't tell me shit. You can't. I'm, I'm still top dog. I'm still the alpha in this wolf pack. And you can either comply or die. That's how it is. <laughs> either you play nice or you play dead. That's how yeah, it is. Not even like, it's not even like getting like, you know, you get down, you stay down type of thing. No, he's like, like you said, play nice, you play dead, nigga. That's what's going to <laughs> Like, Silco was a gangster. This whole episode was like, Silco's a motherfucking gangster. God damn. God damn. Nice meeting, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He walked out. Like, Good meet. Nice meeting. And then just walked out like he was, like it was nothing. Everybody sitting here choking up. Oh, yeah. yeah I forgot to mention because in the box. In the boxes, like it was like, oh, in the box is intimidation. No, the box was your savior. Y'all was sitting here choking up inside the box. Nigga had masks. He walked around just handing people masks, like you know. No, no, no. It's like, oh, is that box supposed to kill us? They're like, no, it's supposed to save you from me. Yeah, this was gonna save you, and that's if I decide to open the shit. <laughs> and then he sits here like Tiger Jaw, sitting here like throwing like about to fucking throw up on the ground and she's like, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please. <laughs> so, I was like... Tickle <laughs> just takes a mask, takes one good well. <sighs> Smells like bitch. And then just fucking steps on. Nah, you pull that freezer moment. It's like, see, like a bitch. You still need me. Don't bite the hand that feeds you, bitch. That part. That that was the real shit right there. Like just straight up, like you walked out. Nice meeting. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, he pulled up the tiger jaw, like, oh, you think you're a big boy now? You think you're the man in the house now? All right, let me pull down. Let me uh get this belt off. <laughs> uh, now you know what, Savika, give me the good switch. <laughs> Oh man, this shit, this is the most gangster fucking scene in the entire show. Like, out of everything. I'm talking about all the fight scenes. I love all the fight scenes. love all the music. I fucking, we haven't even got to it yet, but I'm going to mention, I love my boy Echo. Echo, yes. my dude. But I'm going to be honest, man. Silco was motherfucking gangster in this episode. <laughs> this is this that one, like. No, nah, this is like, 
that Scarface type shit, that Al Capone yeah. type shit. Yes, nigga walked in with Scarface energy ready, all pointing, all there. Like, don't try my ass, man. Don't try. Y'all tried it. Y'all tried it. Nobody conc- nobody asked me, hey, we need to have a meeting. Y'all said, we're going to have a meeting without this nigga. So he just walks in like, oh, y'all thought y'all was going to have a meeting without me? <laughs> and walks out. It was a nice meeting. I'm glad we got some conclusions coming together. <laughs> <clears throat> the entire journey learned his fucking lesson, but that's a story for another time. Um, <laughs> nah, like, no, like Silka walking that shit is like, I can smell your fear. Like, no, no, no. You know, in fact, he walked in with fucking Darth Vader energy saying, like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Exactly. Yeah, bruh. Yes. Yes. Put, he put niggas in check. <laughs> All of them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, they're like, I'm gonna question your ass, man. Hold the fuck up, bro. You just be fucking us up at any moment. I can, at any moment, try me, bro. And then, um, and then I do want to mention real quick this was the, as far as I know, this, this one was the la- actual last mention of a hero uh, outside of our main heroes, our legends that we've been following. They did have a quick Easter egg for Timo in this episode as well um and timo was actually shown inside the book back where silco was inside of marcus's daughter's room one of the dudes that was sitting there was flipping through pages of a book and he had flipped through like as soon as he had flipped through the page if you actually do a glance at it there's actually a little image a little picture drawn picture of timo that was on there right before he had closed the book so it's something that you can actually miss pretty quickly. But if you pause and you can zoom in, it's, it's clearly Timo that's actually in this book. And it's like, oh, OK, this was a really nice little Easter egg that was in there. Now, the thing about it is we still don't know too much about it. But with this mention, with Timo being in the book, some people speculate that maybe the book wasn't just like stories or tales or anything like that, but maybe actual information about Timo, about them trying to hunt him down or trying to figure out where he's at. Maybe Timo has already been doing some stuff during this time period, but we don't know. So that's what some people speculate. But the only thing is right now is just an Easter egg that we did actually get of Timo right there. So it was a pretty good little mention that was into it. And that was actually the last of the little Easter egg heroes that we've seen. Um, yeah, Act 2 was pretty much the end of that one. Act three is pretty much the things coming to a head. Right. But before then, I <clears throat> I know we don't have I know we don't really have a whole lot of time, and that's my fault. I spent a lot of time talking about Silco being the being the badass <laughs> gangster that he was. <laughs> Just being honest. Um, this one also featured a really good scene between Caitlin Vi, Jinx, and the Firelights, where Vi has just met up with Jinx at the top of the little tower and the firelights have shown up and they're attacking. And this was one of those moments where Vi really thinks that she can bring powder back. She's finally seen her. She's she's seen her. She's given her a hug. And this is also the scene, too, where, again, old girl with a mechanical arm that's supposed to be Silco's right hand girl got handed another L by fucking by fucking Jinx. <laughs> Jinx just showed, she just walks into the room. Jinx turns around and is like, so my sister's still alive? 
<laughs> so my sister's still alive, and then just whoops her ass, ties her up into the fuck on um, right into fucking Silco's desk. But then Jesus even Christ. after all of this shit, Vi still thinks that she can bring powder back. She still thinks that there is hope. And right when she has that hope, right when she's thinking that she can actually do something, the firelights show up. They do their attack. And obviously at this point, you Vi has gotten a chance to see powder is no longer the powder that she knows. This is a very, very different girl. This girl, obviously, she's gotten to the point that she enjoys killing other people. She enjoys harming other people because that's what she's had to do in order to keep herself calm. So she's had a chance to really kind of see that, okay, my sister is really gone. Something, something is really, really wrong here. And if I have any hope of trying to bring her back now, it's the only time that I have. But unfortunately, before she gets the chance to, the firelights wind up kidnapping her. <clears throat> but it, I, I like how they had that just that moment into that where Vi is finally getting a chance. She finally caught up with, with Powder and she's like, okay, Powder's is not being Powder anymore. She's definitely Jinx. There, there's something else here. And she's kind of having that moment of really seeing it. But For some reason, I can't help but feel like there was like some um, Naruto and Sasuke type vibe going on where like you just kind of want to get your friend back but this time it's like sisters in a way it's one of those kind of things where it's like your friend or your sibling just fell to darkness and you're just trying to uh, retrieve them but they're not the same person as they were before see if like, Vi, uh, if I and Jinx had fought each other I would 100% have said this would have been straight up Naruto Sasuke reference from their first encounter after um, Naruto caught up with Sasuke after um, Orochimaru had got to him. Bruh, in and fact, that, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Um, there was this one old show that was on Disney XD where it was like there was this brother and sister. They were twins. Uh, the brother was the good guy gang and the girl was evil. She was yin and they were like, fighting with each other. But at the same time, all he wanted to do was get his sister back. I can't think of the show, but God, I like that show. That, sound, that sounds so familiar. I have to now look into this. If hmm. I ever find out, like, bro, we need to do a review on that. Like, just, just because, like, along with long shit like Jackie Chan Adventure, Yin Yang Yo, and all that. But, you know, that was, like, one show that I immediately remember as, like, one of those shows where, honestly, they're on the wrong sides of justice and whatnot, like, between good and evil, like, they're on the opposite sides, but at the end of the day, they just want to get back together with their family or their friend or whatever the situation may be, and I just thought of that one show. Yeah, we gotta figure that out, but I know we got, I know we don't have much time to wrap up anything, so I'm gonna be honest, I know that we started us off just saying that this was a, that act two was kind of a mid-act it's, it's weird because it's like, you know, we talk, it, it really is like we took a long time to talk about three episodes, but I mean, again, every episode is like almost an hour long. There's a lot that happens in every fucking episode. So it's a lot to really kind of take in, but it really captures you throughout the whole thing. Um, but as far as how this, how at least as far as an act two, just these three episodes, this was really to me, I still think this was really good. Even if you even if we do want to considering it the lowest of the three of act one, two, and three, 
even for being the lowest, it still set a bar extremely, extremely high. And just in case if we do wind up getting into a review into this other show, God Almighty, um, Masters of the Universe Revelation, I'm going to be honest with you, it sets the bar on an extremely high scale because after trying to get into Masters of the Universe Part 2, after we trashed Part 1, um, after Part 2 just got released out secretly at that, there was no real announcement or anything. It just popped up. I was like, oh, Part 2's out. Huh, let me try what? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I have a deep disdainful hate for Part 2 right now. Actually, just Master Universe Revelation in general. Like, I have a very, very deep disdainful hate for this. So I don't know if I even have the energy to try to finish this to do a review. I don't even know. But we, I'm going to try. Pray for me. Um, I went to Master Universe after finishing Arcane, and I had to go back and rewatch Arcane in order to heal my heart <laughs> from how badly decimated <laughs> it was from this other show. Um, and I will, <clears throat> and so I will actually put it in that aspect. Even just reliving Part Two, like Act Two of Arcane, is that good to me to the point that it healed my broken soul <laughs> from the trash vessel. <laughs> So I would actually say, like, even if it being the lowest part, it's still extremely, extremely good. This is a show that, again, like I said in part one, you can go back. You you can watch this. If you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to see it. It is beautifully done, beautifully made. You will be into it. You will love it. There's a reason that literally is rated so high on almost every fucking platform. It dropped by 0.1 on Internet Movie Database by one review. <laughs> Didn't read it yet, but I was very curious to see what happened to it. So it went from a 9.4 to a 9.3. But it's still out of 10. That's still a fucking lot. Rotten Tomatoes still gives it 100 still has it at 100%. So, like, I mean, critics like it. A lot of fans like it. I encourage you to watch it. <laughs> that's all I got all right. for that. <laughs> All right, let's just go ahead. Like, honestly, we've got like less than six minutes left on the podcast. So, I just want to go ahead and wrap things up and we'll continue with Act Three on a later time. But, uh, any final words based on episodes four, five, and six? Hope you got I don't. Oh, <clears throat> I think oh bro, bro, bro. Legend of the Dragon. I just found it. Legend of the Dragon. That was the show. <clears throat> oh, for real? Yeah. I, I just found it. I was like, I was looking at it. And it was like, yes, there it is. Oh, man. I ain't seen that shit. It's on Peacock and Amazon Prime Video. So we can we can watch that, bro. Let's go. Hey, it's on Amazon? Ooh, I might be able yeah. to. Let's go see. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Like, you know, come on. Why not? Why not? Might as well. But I, I don't have any other final words, really, if anything. It was just, like I said, this this is really good. I enjoy it. I thoroughly love it. I encourage people to watch it. Uh, it's, it's just a really good show to me. And Act 2 was really good as far as a like, time skip medium. I like the developments that we're starting to see, even though they're starting to understand that things are starting to get really messed up. But, you know. It's going pretty well. Right. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, all I have to say about episode four, five, and six is that sometimes change can be scary, but change is also inevitable in a sense. That's the whole point of evolution to a degree. And I understand Heimdinger's feelings where sometimes changes can be a little dangerous, but nothing venture, nothing gain, right? And it's like what Victor said back in episode one or two, was it? No, it was the second one, where it's like when you're trying to change the world, don't ask for permission. So it's like trying to go through Heimerdinger, um, progress would have been slowed down a lot. So that's why Victor said what he said makes sense because like if you're trying to make things happen, don't wait for somebody to uh, give you approval. <laughs> but also, Silco reminded us that never forget where you came from because the luxuries <laughs> that you get comfortable with can be snatched away from you. Oh, boy. That's, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's been Jet Black Extreme and Koki Gatsu on Act 2 of Arcane. Stay tuned for when we do Act 3 and for other shows that we plan on reviewing. But until then, stay tuned, my friends. Great things are coming. And we are zoning out.